I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hope everybody's paying attention today because we'll have two guests on the Unimpressed podcast today. And one is Tanya Spanglow. She's got a very, very uh, interesting story about her weight loss journey and her friend, Chef Rich Eaton. Um... He also has a very similar story, but they teamed up and did a cookbook together, and we're going to talk about that and how they lost weight and so forth. So welcome, Tanya and Rich, to the show. Thank you so much. We're glad to be here. So diving into this, I mean, you know, I try to unearth who people are and and what they're all about. Tackling a weight loss journey is a very, very tough task. How do you make it happen? Determination. You got to be motivated. You got to hype yourself up every day. You got to self-motivate yourself and be ready to do it. Make your mindsets, mindset shifts. If you don't do any of that, it's mental. If you do not get ready mentally, you will not succeed. So how long has it been since you've, you know, had this transformation? Mm-hmm. Two years ago was four years for me. Or two years ago, two days ago. On the 26th, the day after Christmas, that was my four-year surgeversary. Surgeversary. So mm-hmm. so does it, I don't know, how do you feel after going through the process? I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm living the life that I've always, didn't even know was out there. That's what I feel like. The only regret I have is that I did not do this sooner. Did you somewhat feel like you're living in a bubble in a way when you're, when you, you know, you may not have the answer, you may not know where to go, or you may not know what to do. I mean, is that, what does that look like to you? Uh, during weight loss, you mean? Before, before this journey started. Oh, before, no, like before I felt it. like, before I was always the funny fat friend with good hair. That was me. I was always funny fat and had good hair. And that was kind of my cover up. I always try to make a joke or, you know, I always hid behind it. I had long, dark hair, which I still have now. And so I kind of felt like I had the same, not, I didn't have this energy. I just had like a really big personality because that was kind of like my cover. You know, I had to have something. And so I had a really big person. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, like there was a life out there for me so much more. And I just kept getting bigger. And as I got bigger, my life just kept dwindling down. Um, and I, you know, I had to shop in the men's section. I could barely shop in the women's section anymore because I couldn't fit. Um, I couldn't go to a restaurant and fit in a booth. I had to wait for a table with a chair. Same thing, like doctor's offices. You can't go because you have to stand and then you're embarrassed. You can't fit in the chairs. If you've never been morbidly obese, then you do not know what it's like. It is such a hard life. And so at that point in my life, I turned 42 and I just, it's like, you got to pick your heart, whether you're going to start this amazing weight loss journey or whether you're just going to continue that hard life of just being morbid obese and just getting bigger, because that's what I was doing at the time. I was just getting bigger every year. I was getting bigger and bigger. Now, now chef, you have a similar story before we get into this, this book and so forth. You have a similar story where you, I guess you were a chef when you, before you went through your transformation. It was, I was, I was about 600 pounds. Um, when I started, um, I was a chef. I worked every day. I traveled three hours back and forth to work every day. I, I, um, I, I cooked, loved to cook, and I always hid behind that. I was always a great cook and hid behind that my whole life. I worked hard, and um, that's where I was. But I wasn't happy in anything I did. Um, I went to the doctors, and I was—I had sleep apnea. I had pre-diabetes. I was my knees were falling apart. I couldn't walk. I my feet hurt. I couldn't make it upstairs anymore. I was beginning to fall apart, and. Um, 
the last time I went to the doctors, I stepped on the scales and they said error. And the highest they went at that point was 575. Um, so we don't really know exactly how much I weighed because I was above 575 because the scales wouldn't go any higher than that. And I had a new doctor at the time and she said, have you ever thought about um, medication? Have you ever thought about weight loss surgery? And because of that, that's what got me started. She was a, a, a great influence on me to start thinking other other options. I never thought I never thought I had an option. Um, never thought there was anything else I could do. And and I started the journey. At the same time, COVID hit and um, my jobs shut down, restaurants shut down. And at the same time that happened, I won a contest in a gym with a personal trainer um, for 12 weeks of free personal training. And I'm, I I left my profession and I still work with those people at the gym to this day. And um, I've never gone back to restaurants. I've never gone back to a, a job like that since. I've worked in, in the healthcare field and in, in gyms ever since. I'm a licensed nutritionist, a, a, a certified nutrition coach now. And I write cookbooks and I help other people. And that's, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life now. Do you feel like you lean toward being a chef because you like food? And I'll tell you why I'm asking that question. I feel like I, I lean towards being a chef because it was something I was good at doing. And the only thing I could do that I felt like I could accomplish that gave me um, a sense of doing something good. I wasn't good at sports. I wasn't good at, at anything. I wasn't good at anything else. It's the one thing I learned to do very young. Um, and I didn't learn to do it necessarily in a good way. I learned to do it because I was I was a stepchild. I was a person that was um, mentally abused as a child, um, where I had to cook for the family and take care of the family. And and part of that was was cooking and cleaning and doing those kind of things as, as a stepchild. I wasn't it wasn't a great upbringing, and that was the one thing I, I learned to do well was to cook. And so that was the one thing I could actually get appreciation from people. Is they I wasn't friends with people because I was good looking. I wasn't friends with people because I was playing sports or playing video games. I was good friends with people because I cooked them great food and they enjoyed that. And so that's why I became became good at it. Well, when I met my friend Gordo Loco, and you know he was living in his car. And now, now he's actually done well for himself. We made a lot of content, but I felt like when we used to make videos, he would always want to do videos around food so he could eat, mm -hmm. you know, and it was very, a very interesting concept. When you have that weight on you and you're a lot of trauma, I think I hear a lot of trauma stories comes and, and that's kind of like the cause and effect happens to people. Do, how much non-confidence did that create? you know, being behind that weight? Oh, there's no confidence. For me, I had zero confidence. Um, as far as the food goes, what you're saying is being around food, it's a coping mechanism. You know, we learn that when I was a food binger, I was a food addict. That's how I became morbidly obese. And so you learn to turn towards food because food never lets you down. So when you're happy, you turn towards food. When you're stressed or when you're sad, when any kind of emotion, people are turning towards each other, you turn towards food because food has become your coping mechanism. And that's what I feel like with Gordo. That's what I feel like when you're saying he would always want to be cooking. I feel like that's a coping mechanism for him. For me, I had zero confidence. I was super self-conscious. I would never in a million years, four years ago, I would never in a million years be doing this podcast. I would never in a million years be on TikTok sharing my journey every single day. Never. I would never do that. <laughs> so I was just way too self-conscious. I didn't want anyone looking at me. That's how I feel about it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny you talk about that. People have these vices 
You know, mm-hmm. Gordo didn't drink. He didn't do drugs, you know, but DoorDash was his enemy. Yep. Food. You know, he would go crazy on DoorDash. Y'all mm-hmm. you ever did anything like that going crazy on DoorDash? Oh, not DoorDash, but food. I would get up and I would wait for my family to go to sleep and I would get up and eat this house down. I would get up and eat every chip we had in this house. I would get up and eat every, if it was after Christmas, all the pies would be gone the next morning when the family woke up. Like I would wait for people to go to sleep in this house so I could get up and literally binge eat anything I could put in my mouth. So, so yeah, many for times. Me, for me, I know, I know Tanya has mentioned this as well. It wasn't, it isn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily eat the food that I made while I was cooking food. It was, it was the hidden it was the hidden eating. It was eating afterwards. It was eating at night. It was it was the getting up in the middle of the night. I didn't necessarily, if I went out to eat, I would eat normal food. If I mm-hmm. ate dinner at family, I, I would eat a normal dinner. It was the, <clears throat> the hiding and the eating. It was the emotional eating. It was the, I've told a story today where I would go to my grandparents' house and they always had really good food at their house. And I would wait until I go to bed, spend the weekend and then get up in the middle of the night and raid and eat everything in their refrigerator because it was good food, mm-hmm. better food than we had at home. And I didn't, I didn't want to miss any of it. So I would eat it all, everything they yeah. had. I would go mm-hmm. to the drive before I picked my kids up from school, I would plan it to where I could go through the drive-thru and leave 20 minutes early from this house, go through the drive-thru and get two burgers, two large orders of fries. And I would sit on the side of the road and eat those and then go pick up my kids like I had not just ate thousands of calories. I mean, I would go through Taco Bell and get six tacos and just eat those. But by the time I got out of the town that I went to Taco Bell in, I could eat food. <laughs> it's crazy that I think about it now, how fast I could eat food so fast and hide it. And like no one knew but me. <laughs> I mean, what what do you think creates that psyche? I mean, where does that come from? Is it from it's the mental. trauma? It's mental. I think a lot of people, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, I had a, or I had a terrible childhood. I had an awful childhood too. I come from a divorced home. I saw things in my childhood I should never, no child should ever see. Um, but I think once you get to a certain, you know, it's like once you get to be an adult, you have to take responsibility for your actions. It's like that. Like you can't forever blame. I couldn't at 42 blame my parents for me being morbidly obese when I was secretly eating every night all night. You can't do that. And logically be like, this is my mindset. It's my parents' fault that I'm morbidly obese. No, it's not. It's your fault because you're an adult. Take responsibility, mm-hmm. take accountability. That's the point that I had to get to. Those are the hard truths that you have to say to yourself. You know, you have to have those hard, long talks with yourself about, did I have a traumatic childhood? Yes. Do I have triggers in my childhood that I don't like to think of? Traumas? Yes. But are those the, are those the reasons as an adult that I'm still morbidly obese and still using food as a coping mechanism? No, that's on you. Either one of you can answer this question is what is what do you do for the mind after? the surgery. A complete mind shift, complete mind shift completely. Like you have to, for me, it's every day I get the question. I go live a lot on my social media channels and every day people ask me, how are you motivated still? How are you? How do you have this much energy? How are you? It is a choice. You have a choice every day. Chef Rich and I, you have a choice. John, everyone has a choice when you wake up. Are you going to wake up? Are you going to be positive? Are you going to be motivated? Are you going to do good today? Are you going to try to spread kindness and spread love? Or are you going to wake up and you're going to have a pity party and be poor pitiful me? I'm not where I want to be in life, but I wish I was, but don't know how to get there. Um, And feel sorry for yourself and mumble and grumble and complain all day long. It is a choice. Having energy, being thankful, being grateful, it's a choice. And you have to make that choice every day if you want to succeed on your weight loss journey or you will not succeed. If I didn't change my mindset and I was still thinking, poor pitiful me, you know, I'm morbidly obese and I want to change that. But do I really want to change it? Because I do. I really 
want to do the work. If I still was in that mindset, I would not be successful today. But the, 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 the weight loss journey and the weight loss journey and the and the losing weight and, and the surgery has <clears throat> so much less to do with what we're eating than it does to do with what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care what we eat. I don't care what we cook. I don't care what we do in this cookbook. If we don't change what we think, then none of this will work. That's right. And I don't think I honestly the one the one thing that they that they fail us all on when it comes to weight loss surgeries is the mental preparing us mentally and they try they really try but they they there's there's not enough done to mentally prepare us for what's what's going to happen to our bodies and what's going to happen to our minds through this process because until we change our mind we won't change any of this that's we won't right. change any of this you might change it for a little while but you're going to go right back to the old you and all those old habits and all the snacking and all the overeating that's going to all come back and then that's when people gain their weight back because you didn't do the work mentally you just thought it was physical you just thought it was oh well i'm going to eat good and i'm going to drink my water and i'm going to exercise and i'm going to get healthy that is the furthest thing from the truth you have to do the work mentally or none of the other work matters that you're doing well i'm gonna get a little deep here um and and i you know i told you before we got on here i have native american on both sides of my family and and i'm a natural healer and i'm a clairsentient so i feel things i can feel the room i can feel people when they have energy around them energy comes out of my right hand very heavily um so i've been thinking about this process and there's two processes and this is a little deep and i don't know if you've ever ever heard this is there's a newtonian process which is to me behind the curve and then there's a a quantum field right and the newtonian process to me is backwards i serve isaac newton the theory of relativity is backwards because it's it's almost like every you know the medical system religion every every piece of the puzzle in society is all right let's let things happen and then we're going to go try to fix them so we're behind the curve we're always putting a band-aid on something so if the medical system took the approach and realized there's one quantum field that God created where you could be preventative and create knowledge and and, and people misconstrue this sometimes of preventative how how can you be preventative well if you if y'all had a roadmap about how your body and mind is programmed from the time you're born till I don't know till you're 40 years old a roadmap and you understood that would that make you look at things differently chef Rich, go ahead <laughs> Does that make I think, sense? I think I think to some extent it would. I think to some extent it would, but on the other hand, without life experience in there, it wouldn't. We, it, I think life experience shapes us into who we are. So oh, I think absolutely. that with without me going through what I've gone through in life, I wouldn't be able to have the passion to do what I'm doing now and the drive to do what I'm doing now the way I'm doing it. And I might take things more for granted um, than, than the way I'm doing it now. And I know Tanya, this, this, <clears throat> the way she does things, the passion she has is because of what she's been through and in and why she's been through it to give us the passion we've had. So could could we live a perfect world and could if we knew things ahead of time, could we could things be better for us? You know, if it was structure, right? Because a lot of people don't realize, you know, you know, science, there's a non-conscious when we're born. That's what's innately in you. That's who you are. That's what the percentages of the game, you know, that's that's whatever percentages come out when you're born, that's who you are. And you're putting that environment, putting that environment, then the environment has an effect. So if you if you know, if you have no emotions 
in a non-conscious human being and in an environment and you understand what innately is in that person, you can almost determine what that person will do. So what I'm saying is, you know, how to change and help humanity is like, you know, when, when you're born, you understand what you're made of, you understand where your environment is and what the environment does to you. People don't realize how you you know, you start going, like you said, you start going through this path of life. This is where the programming comes, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and if, you know, if you had a bad childhood, you know, that trauma, if, if you understood you're being programmed and that trauma and you looked out, looked at that outside looking in like, hey, I'm going down this road, but I understand where this came from. Maybe I can fix this issue quicker because I know where this came from. I know where that trauma came from because people are programmed, their subconscious is programmed to a certain period of their life. And then they start responding to things with their unconscious bias. And I think if people are educated and understood that, you're still going to have some of these trauma experiences. You're still going to have these these different lanes of life. But if you understood how that affects a person, a human being, I think it could help fix things quicker instead of letting things get down the road and then you have to go back to figure it out to fix all the bullshit. I think we live I th- we live in a in a reactive world versus a proactive world, which is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. 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 And that's just, I don't know, that's kind of my, my stick comparing a Newtonian philosophy and a quantum philosophy. Um, cause I have stuff coming through all the time. I don't even know where it comes from, but speaking to y'all's story and y'all, y'all linked up, uh, saw each other online. What is this relationship like? Oh, it's great. I love Chef Rich. <laughs> we bounce <laughs> ideas off each other. We have, we have talks all the time about recipes. We talk quite frequently making the cookbook what was working, what wasn't working, redo that picture, that's blurry, you know, all those things. Um, it's great. I think we did, we, I love this relationship that we have and we've gone through something together. We've gone through our weight loss journey. Like we have that to talk about. And I just think it's great. It's just another um, support connection is what it is for me. It's just another accountability. He's my accountability buddy. He's my support partner. You know, um, I have other people as well that have gone through the same thing, weight loss journey, weight loss surgery. And so you need a support system. That's something that people don't have enough of in the world is support. And Chef Rich supports me and I support him. And y'all came together. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chef. The the strange part about this is is you'll you'll think that you're the only person in the world that goes through something. And then Mm -hmm. you'll get together with people and you'll talk about these experiences you have. And you'll find out that these other people have gone through the exact same thing. And they thought they're the only person that went through it as well. Like these same experiences, the same feelings, the same thoughts. And you're going through the same things, but you thought you were the only person going through it. Mm -hmm. And you're finding these same people that go through the same experiences. Well, you don't don't know what you don't know, right? right? Right. Yeah until you until you know and then when you know you're like okay mm-hmm. uh, i can go a different route here so y'all y'all mm-hmm. came together with this cookbook right yeah and, and tell me a little bit about that the cookbook is great so um it's got water recipes in there it's got protein coffees chaffle recipes cottage cheese bowls for me i live a low carb high protein lifestyle and so that is the way i cook um easy recipes i pride myself on you know five or six ingredients or less you're not going to find me in the kitchen cooking with 15 20 different 25 different recipe ingredients and so that's the recipes that i put in the cookbook um easy low carb high protein just amazing for your weight loss journey recipes crock pot recipes there's all kinds of recipes dips Oh my goodness. So many things. 
77 recipes. And chef, what was the approach to come up with these this these recipes? In the uh, book? For me, I mean, I I can I can do everything from from a very simple recipe to a, to a complex recipe that doesn't doesn't matter to me. For me, it was about um, just being able to take comfort food. I want to eat something that I when I when I knew that we're going on this journey for me, I wasn't going to be able to eat cottage cheese and plain chicken and broccoli every day and call it a, call it. A, a week. That wasn't going to happen for me. I wanted to eat lasagna and I wanted to eat BLTs and I wanted to eat. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Good tasting comfort foods. And that's what that's how I wanted to live my life. So I wanted to be able to take those delicious comfort foods and make them better. Right. So just taking those things and eating, okay, instead of having you know, full fat mozzarella, how can I take this, that mozzarella and make it a little better? The cottage cheese, how can I take that cottage cheese and make it the best version of cottage cheese I can get? What kind of meat can I use? So substitutions and making things into a better, a better choice for my recipes. And I re, that's why I reinvented Chef Rich is I reinvented these recipes. Um, I started a few years ago, I have a whole portal of hundreds of recipes that I've redone for fitness coaches and other, other cookbooks I've done. And with Tanya, I just said, you know, what kind of recipes do we want to do? 
and and she said, let's do these kind. And then we she did some and I did some and we just kind of came together and chose a, a kind of recipe we wanted to create. Mm -hmm. We eat the same. Like when he yeah. is saying healthy substitutions, that is the exact way that I eat here. Like instead, like my husband will have a pizza and I will have a pizza cottage cheese bowl. Or my husband will have a Big Mac that we make here and I will have a Big Mac burger bowl. So like it's a healthy substitution. That is ex Chef Rich and I eat the same like that. We still want to eat the foods that we love like pizza and like he said, BLTs. And instead you turn those into a bowl or you turn turn those into a cottage cheese bowl or a chaffle, things like that. Now, let me throw you a little uh, left uh, a loop here about the calorie system. I feel that the calorie system is a pocket narrative and it's an absolute. And when you, and you take an absolute, absolutes don't work. Do you have any thoughts about the calorie system? Because I think it's a little misleading. And when it was originally created, it was to sell food for the country. What do you, what do you think about the calories? Do you, if you really look, dived into the food, is that really a, a thought process? Oh yeah, for me it is. Um, just because of my bariatric, my nutritionist and my dietitian, um, you know, they give me a set calorie limit and it's up to me whether I want to stay at that or not. Um, whenever I was morbid obese, I didn't care about calories, obviously. There is, I literally have tried to add up in a day, like what did I eat? Like, let's say five years ago, what was I eating today? There's no telling how many thousands and thousands of calories that I was eating. So there's no telling why I was morbid obese. Like that's why. Morbidly obese, that's why. Um, and so for me, it as I've gotten further out from weight loss surgery, my calories have gone up, which to me makes perfect sense. Like, because they should. Your portions are going to get a little bit bigger again. Your calorie limits are going to go up. Um, and so for me, yeah, like I, I tracked everything in the beginning. Now I don't necessarily track everything every day, but that's an important part of getting weight loss surgery. Like that's something you have to do in the very beginning. You know, you Any have thoughts to track. on that show? For me, so calories are an absolute in in two in one way, but not in another. Calories are an absolute unit of, of energy. They're a measure of energy, but not every calorie has the same amount of um, worth. So calories are an absolute unit of energy. Every calorie is a, ca a calorie is a calorie. It's a unit of energy. But a calorie of broccoli is not the same as a calorie of chicken. A calorie of chicken is not the same as a calorie of 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 chocolate. So yes, they all have the same amount of, of calorie energy in them, but they're not going to fill you the same. They're not going to give you the same nutrient. They're not going to give you the same the same worth. So they're they're different in that way. But they're at the end of the day, they're all a calories a calorie. So they, yes, they're 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 absolute, but they're not the same in a in an eating sort of way. So so I could choose to eat a thousand calories of potato chips a day, or I could choose to eat a thousand calories of fish vegetables and and cottage cheeses or, or or proteins or whatever like that a day and which is gonna which is gonna satiate me the the, the best of course the 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 more i can fill in so for me it's like looking at what is my calorie goal and how much can i put into that how much food can i intake to meet that calorie goal not how little can i eat in a day but how much can i eat in a day and still eat and still match my goal that's where i kind of look at things so what if you looked at it from a nutrient dense process exactly that's, that's that's where yeah. it's at so the nutrient the, how, how much of my basic, how much, how many nutrients am I going to get? How am I, how much am I going to get in there and how much food am I going to get in there versus just the calories alone? Mm -hmm. when, when I count calories, honestly, when I look at calories, I only really <clears throat> look at calories and protein. And, and because we're coming from a bariatric standpoint of things. So our calorie count is going to probably, um, I'm six one. I should weigh, if I was, you know, a typical 100% perfect male six one, I should weigh around 185 pounds, 165, 185 pounds. I should I should be taking in 
X amount of protein grams of protein per day. I should have X amount of calories a day. In reality, with weight loss surgery, I'm probably only going to be taking in 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day. That's just the way it is. That's all my body can can maintain. I'm going to be taking in 80 to 100 pro- grams of protein a day. That's just the way it is. My body's been changed. It's been physically altered. Um, so that's that's the way it is. So for me, look, I look at calories, protein, and then and let everything else fit in as it may. I mean, one of the downfalls to surgery is we have to take vitamins because our body cannot metabolize um, vitamins from food the same way that your body can. So we have to take vitamins to to do that. Um, again, weight loss surgery is just a tool for someone who has tried everything else and could not get that jump start they needed by traditional weight loss. Uh, it's just a tool. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a no brainer, and it's not a, a game changer. It's. It's just a tool. And it's not Does a one size fits all. It's not yeah. going to work no, for everyone. It's everyone. Even though we all get weight loss surgery, it's still different for everyone. The life that we have to live and lead, and how we have to eat, and all that's so different. So has anybody ever told you, Link, when I, when I talk about the nutrient-dense thing, the higher grade of protein that goes into your system, that hits your system first. The higher grade of protein, that puts your your muscles in an anabolic state. So the, if you put a pure form of protein, the highest grade of protein in there, your muscles go in an anabolic state. Has anybody ever, your doctors, anybody ever talked to you about putting your muscles in an anabolic state? Mm-mm. Not for me, they haven't. Interesting. Because that's where the nutrient-dense thing comes, and I don't know why that's not ever discussed. Because if you if you take a pure-form protein and that hits your stomach first thing, it puts your muscles in an anabolic state, and mm-hmm. then whatever foods, if fruits or whatever, and you want to cleanse your body, comes through, you can cleanse as well. This is kind mm-hmm. of a superfoods a super process. It's just... Mm-hmm. You know, one of my friends is a uh, uh, owns Purium Health Products. He's out in Long Beach, California, and you know I, I've been around him for 25 years and heard him talk about different philosophies. But you would think there's there's a middle of the road there because you kind of touched on it, Chef, about you know the value of the food of what you take in uh, is very very interesting. Yeah, very um, and I think I think Tanya so- I think Tanya does know what you're talking about. She just does maybe not understand what what you're saying because because with bariatric no, they are talking first, your, your like, protein, protein is first. very important. Important. Eating, yeah, yeah. Protein yeah. first. Eating, eating your meats, eating your proteins. Okay. Eating, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, they always gotcha. eat what? protein first. Like eat your protein first, no matter what. Like when you sit down at your plate, you're supposed to eat your protein first, and then everything else follows. So if you get the surgery, could you get bigger again, even though you had the surgery? Oh yeah. What do they yep. What do they tell you about that? They tell you it's a lifelong decision, and it's up to you. It's up to you. If you want to let the old you back in, and you want to start snacking again, then you're going to stretch your stomach. You're I mean, you're, you're going to get right back even I have people in my life that I know personally they're bigger now than before they got surgery because they went back to their old habits so they went right back they had surgery they lost a little bit of weight and then they went right back to the old them started eating huge portions again and they gained all their weight back and then some that's definitely a possibility and per different surgery that you get the percentages are higher like the gastric sleeve the percentage of people that gain all their weight back and then some is so high as compared to um like do a Donald switch like there's so many different percentages like with bypass, if you have more weight to lose than um, someone else, you might need bypass instead of VSG. There's so many different factors in which surgery you get. So a friend of mine like Gordo, how does he get a surgery executed? Because he he's told me that there's insurance issues.
issues and, and, and you know, and sometimes people are too big. He needs to go to big. a bariatric surgeon for sure. And um, they'll evaluate him. For me, my insurance, I had to prove for six months that I could lose weight for six months consecutively and not gain any weight in those six months. I had to prove that I could do that. And in that same six months, I had to go to a psychiatrist. I had to go to an endocrinologist. I had to go um, through all of these, these other tests to make sure that my body was ready for surgery. So he'll have to go do the same thing, I'm sure. So you have to prep. The, the, go ahead. Go the, ahead, Rich. The, the, the biggest the biggest thing, and this is, this is one of the things, there, there are more men that are obese in the United States than there are women. But there are more women that have weight loss surgery than there are men. And this is a big study that I did when I first had surgery. And one of the one of the issues of that is, is because in order to have weight loss surgery, you first of all have to get your doctor to refer you to a weight loss surgery center. Then you have to go, like Tanya said, you have to go through your with a nutritionist every <clears throat> month for six months. You have to, in order for surgery, your insurance to pay for this. You have to go through psychiatrists every month for six months. And most men, that's where they stop right there. They don't want to go through the psychiatrist because they don't want to spill the beans to the psychiatrist. That's where, they, <laughs> and that's why, and if you don't go through those things and, and, Past those 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 steps, they won't clear you for surgery, and right. the insurance won't pay for it. So if, if that's where men differ because they don't want to, they don't want to get out there and put themselves out there, and 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 you have to go through a process of you know what triggers me to eat, what will right. I do if I'm triggered to eat, what what do I do if I'm emotionally upset? You have to go through a whole kind of like a, a process to do that, and and it's really it's it's you don't you see men out there that have had weight loss surgery, but it's not as prominent is is women that have had that and i feel bad i really feel bad because i feel like men are, are kind of like they're, they're not doing it because they don't want to they don't want to like put themselves out there and, and it's a it's something that they're missing out on that they really could get a lot of help with mm -hmm. your bmi has to be so high like you have to have there's so many things that you have to um do to qualify to get weight loss surgery they don't take it lightly especially if you're not like a self-pay if you're an insurance pay holy cow the people that i've talked to that are like you know my bmi i was one point under or all of these things and insurance will not pay because they don't want to because they think they're going to pay for this surgery and you're just going to gain the weight back. Interesting. Well, I wondered why, because he, he went down this road a couple times and he'd fall off the track. Mm -hmm. and never mm -hmm. happened yeah and that's why insurance won't pay too if you're on the if you're on track for me it's a six month consecutive it can't be like two months here and then skip a couple right. of months and then pick it back up it has to be six months consecutively that you lose weight for six months i lost 54 pounds in that six months and it has to be you have to go through you have to all these checkpoints that you have to do your bmi has to drop you have to go and get um your heart checked you have to go to the psychiatrist you have you have to do all these things i had to go to a health coach um you have to go to these bariatric classes classes was one thing that I had to go through. Some people don't have to do that. It's a big process to get your insurance to cover your weight loss surgery. Pretty much like I always tell it, like I had to jump through fire hoops to get it paid for, but I'm so glad I did. Like I'm so glad because after that six month, I was ready to get weight loss surgery. Some people get it. It's like a three month process they have to go to. And all those people will tell you I was not ready. I was not ready mentally. I was not ready. I thought I was, I wasn't, I needed more time. And Tanya, you've created a pretty, did this following years grow after the surgery? Yeah, I didn't get on TikTok until after I had my surgery. I had already had it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what is what is some of the, you know, things that you encounter talking to people and questions they may have that's kind of stands out? Every day I get questions of how do you start? How do you start a weight loss journey? How, just like what you just said, how do you get approved? How do you get your insurance to pay for this weight loss surgery? 
that is so life-changing. Um, how do you stay motivated? I talked about that earlier. Um, you know, what does your grocery bill run you? What do, you know, because eating healthy is, is so expensive. Um, but everything is expensive. That's what I always say. Yes, the things I have to buy and the food and all that is expensive. But so was, you know, going to Taco Bell and having six tacos and no one knew three times a week. You know, I mean, all those things are expensive. It's priorities. Where you want to put your money is where you're going to put your money. And so um, it's questions about that. It's questions about my waters because I have a lot of water recipes. People are trying to up their water intake. Tons of questions about recipes. Um, just basically about where to start. That's probably the biggest question I get is how. How did you do it? Like, what do you what, think what, you What finally made your mind up? Like, that's the question I get every single day. I get that question. What do you think your food bill was before the surgery? Oh, there's there's no telling because I was hiding it. I was eating, you know, five bags of Funyuns. <laughs> um, Funyuns were my vice. Chips. I love junk food. Chips. Hershey's with almonds. Candy. Chocolate. Coke. Um, I would go to Sonic. You know, I live like two minutes from a Sonic. I would go there five times a day and get it right 44 Coke. I mean, it was just mindless things that I never thought about because I didn't care. <laughs> Wow. How about you, Rich? Did you have a big food bill before the surgery? Oh, yeah, I did. And that's why people always say eating healthy is so expensive, but it's really not. Because, yes, you, you might buy you might buy more expensive food, but you eat less mm -hmm. of it. So it's going to last, it's gonna last it's you. Cheaper. Yeah, it's I find it's last cheaper, than, <laughs> cheaper to eat healthy. So yeah, it doesn't, a, it doesn't cost buy, me near as much. You can buy a bag of Funyuns back then for four bucks, but you could eat that bag of Funyuns in one sitting. Well, now I can buy a bag <laughs> of protein chips for six bucks, but that's going to last me 10 servings, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's... It's, it's different. You've catered this cookbook to this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. What is what is kind of the, you know, what stands out in the cookbook? Uh, I think the cottage cheese bowls are huge. I think the chaffle recipes we have are huge. I think all of it. I think it's because people think they can get the book and they can just go through there and make them a water, make them a coffee, make them a chaffle and make them an entree and they're good for the day. Um, they can use this book and take these recipes and incorporate them into their daily life for, I mean, there's 77 recipes in here. So you can hold it up the screen so I, everybody can see it. Yeah. Up, up, up to the to your left. There you go. Now we're cooking a little more. There we go. Now we're cooking. Cool. That's it. Now we're cooking. How's how's the book doing? And where can we find the book? It's on Amazon. It's doing really well. We've sold eighty five hundred copies. Yeah, oh. eighty five hundred yep. copies so far. Um, it's on Amazon. Now we're cooking all the things. Book one. Book one. Y'all plan to do another one? Absolutely. <laughs> So what, what's the goal? What's the goal for you and your message and and so forth, y'all moving forward? To help others. I needed help when I was when I was obese. I needed help, and I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know that there were people out there that I could go to for help, and that's what I want to do. I want to help people that need that help and that truly want it. I want to show them the way that it can be done. Natan, you said you're married to an Italian, but you have Native American. I where's the, where's the roots of the family and you're you're from Oklahoma is the I whole family Oklahoma. from there I am Hans 57 <laughs> we've got German we've got Italian we've got or well, he's got Italian I've got Native American I've got Black Dutch I've got so many so many nationalities so nice how about you Rich I'm I'm from Maine but I I'm also Native American um Penobscot Indian Indian so um oh, I say for me I think this book is you know, to continue to, to, I needed help 25 or 30 years ago. If I can convince one person to read this book and, and just like, just, it's so easy. The stuff in this book is so easy just to try it. But you know what? My, my biggest thing with this book is so many people want everyone to do it for them. They want, they want, they want to, you know, they want the answers 
given to them, but they don't want to do any work for it. It's like, it's like, so we just try to make it so easy so that you can do this because, because you can do this because I needed the help 25 years ago and there was no book out there that was this easy. There were a lot of diet books out there, but there were no books that just said, Hey, this is this easy. Just do it. And, um, I just want to help people. I just want to help as many people as I possibly can. That's all. Now, y'all, y'all have any content? Y'all show the struggle, the struggle of getting to where you're at now. Oh yeah, you have to. You There's can't pictures just show in the, the book. Empty there parts. are pictures in the book here. <laughs> Yeah, you can't yeah. just show the easy. Um, yeah. You know, it would be it would be easy just to have a highlight reel out there, but that's not reality. That's not real life. I pride myself on showing. I always say the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows of weight loss, all of it. Um, I was sick two days ago, and all of my followers knew that I was throwing up sick. It was from my vitamins, um, and so it's just it's just you know you have to show it all. You have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and share every bit of it because if you just share a highlight reel, then you're pulling people into a false sense of reality and they're going to think it's easy and it's not easy. It's hard as heck. It's so hard. There are some days you wake up and you just don't want to do weight loss, but you have to, you know, you have to be committed and um, yeah. that's just part of it. Well, it's good you understand that because I, I have been, we've been a partner with Meta for five years and we're TikTok, we're a TikTok agency as well. Um, and we got 518 creators in TikTok um, for, live, for live content. And I think a lot of the younger generation, kind of what you said earlier, riches when they don't see the struggle they want something for nothing you, you know what i mean it's almost mm-hmm. like a fake like you said like a fake sense of reality so i think that's very important if you put that out there so that's good oh yeah you got to share all of it and you have yeah. to be willing to like i built a community um that i feel safe in and i want others to feel safe there as well and it's not going to be a very good community or people feel safe there if you're just saying hey this is fun let's do it because that's not the case <laughs> you know you mm-hmm. have to be able to let's get our shoes on and let's hit the driveway and let's walk our 10,000 steps, you know, and it's hard. Do we want to do it? Not sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, we do. But um, yeah, the younger generation, they want everything at their hand. They want everything handed to them. And that's not what's going to happen with the weight loss journey. No one's going to just hand you a healthy lifestyle. you got to get up every day and you got to work for it. You know, people could learn a lot from this conversation and hopefully the interview is a little different than what you're used to. Is there anything else we didn't cover that you want to put out there? No, I'm good. I think it's been great. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Rich? I'm I'm great. I, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah for man. sure. It was a good conversation. And, and where can we find the book again if we're looking for the book? Amazon. Amazon's the number one spot. Awesome. Well, I appreciate y'all coming on the show. And like I said, hopefully we created some uh, good information here that people can learn from. This has been Tanya Spanglo. Mm-hmm. And this is Chef Rich Eaton. And I'm John Edmonds Cosma, the CEO of Bang Productions. Thank you.